Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. After over a year of back and forth negotiations and a weekend of last minute voting, Democrats in the Senate passed a package on Sunday that includes the largest climate and clean energy investment in U.S. history. That package, the Inflation Reduction Act, would invest nearly $370 billion into fighting climate change and building out clean energy. And it achieves other Democratic priorities by including health care and corporate tax provisions. Now the bill heads to the House of Representatives this week, where it's likely to pass, and then to President Joe Biden, who's likely to sign it into law, meaning Democrats get a big win heading into the midterms. So today, I check in with Politico Energy Editor Matt Daly to understand how important this bill is, what it includes, and what this means for Democrats and Republicans in November. It's Monday, August 8th. So, Matt, the Senate has passed what Democrats are calling the biggest climate change bill in U.S. history. So how big of a deal is this bill in reality? This is a historic bill. This bill delivers a lot more money and a lot more direction for the country to cut its greenhouse gases that are driving climate change more than any other bill in U.S. history. This is an issue that Congress has been trying to tackle for 25 years. But the numbers in this bill, $369 billion, are far greater than any other bill that's ever been passed. If you look back at the 2009 ARRA bill, which many people credit with really helping get the wind and solar industries off the ground in the U.S., that bill was about $80 billion for, in tax credits for those two technologies. This bill is far larger than that. Now, these industries are also more mature now, so it's not clear how quickly this will drive the industry forward. But the projections are that we will now be on a a path to cut greenhouse gases by about 40% by 2030. That's about four-fifths or 80% of the way towards Biden's target for 2030. So that's a significant change, especially from two years ago when the U.S. was not really doing much at all. Right. And what are the biggest provisions in this legislation that are expected to do the chunk of the work in actually cutting emissions to the level that Democrats, that independent analysis are saying that it will produce? Well, the biggest by number are the tax credits that will apply, as I mentioned, to wind and solar. But they're also broader than that. It also will help carbon capture and sequestration technology. There's money for heat pumps. There's money to help develop hydrogen as a cleaner fuel than fossil fuels. And there's a stimulus for electric vehicles. A bit contentious with some of the details around that, but there's a lot of technologies in here. Small nuclear reactors, which many people think are going to be required to really get us to a clean energy grid. Nuclear energy is sort of tagging along on the clean energy name there. It's never really been considered particularly clean, but it's carbon-free. So that's got it some money in this bill. Right. So how would you say this bill impacts the U.S. standing in the global fight against climate change. We know there's been a skepticism that the U.S. political system actually enables it to pass legislation and not just like make promises. Here we have a big bill. It kind of came from the dead a little bit. And so how would you say this really impacts our global position? 
the U.S. has had a real credibility problem on the world stage, and mostly because the country has so sharply changed its tack whenever we had a Republican president versus a Democratic president. George W. Bush famously pulled the U.S. out of the Kyoto Protocol. Then we saw, once he left office, uh, Barack Obama came in and tried to put the U.S. right at the forefront of these actions, along with Europe, which is probably the biggest steady hand driving force in climate policy on the international stage. And then the Trump administration came in and immediately tried to undo everything that Obama had done. Now what you see is Joe Biden putting the U.S. back on the world stage and Congress coming in with a large bill here once it passes the House of Representatives, putting U.S. dollars behind those promises. Gotcha. And looking at the politics, a little bit domestic politics, so we know the midterms are coming up in November. This bill has been rebranded as the Inflation Reduction Act. So Democrats are really staking claim that this bill will not only you know, address climate change in a significant way, but reduce prices of energy over time. But I mean, how do you think this bill impacts what Democrats can say they did in November and how are they kind of selling it? Well, it's definitely a win for Democrats here. This will go a long way towards convincing people that Biden and the Democrats are living up to their climate promises and their goals. That's been a real criticism. They've had trouble the first year and a half getting things done on climate. There was money in the bipartisan infrastructure bill. That is not as directed as this is in some ways to really driving these clean energy technologies. But now they can go to voters and they can say, look, we promised you this and here's where we're at. That helps a lot. Now, many of the more green-minded voters are a little bit upset that there are some provisions in here that Joe Manchin insisted on that do help fossil fuels. For Joe Manchin, it was a question of all of the above. And frankly, you know, that probably gives them some good political cover as well when they go to voters because they can say, look, we're not just doing green energy. We're doing all these different forms of energy, things that you've been seeing surging in prices. This has been a major inflation driver. Energy prices have been. They've been the biggest component of inflation. Now what you're seeing is the development of what will be the cheapest form of energy. Solar and wind are cheaper than fossil fuel for the most part these days. And at the same time, still allowing and helping the oil and gas industry get access to some federal lands. So they can say, we're also working to keep those gas prices down that have been so painful this summer for you. Right. And there's some nuance there. We know Republicans, despite the fact that this bill doesn't look like how it started. I mean, there was clean electricity performance program or like clean electricity standard that actually would have essentially mandated getting fossil fuels out of the electricity system. And now it's mostly incentives or so-called carrots, but still Republicans are calling this the Green New Deal. So what have we seen as the political response from Republicans so far and how effective do you think they'll be in opposing this bill as the midterms approach? They're going to characterize it as the Green New Deal, as you mentioned here, and that's been sort of their catchphrase to, to push back on this bill. For the Republican base, that's going to be music to their ears. They don't believe these technologies are ready for prime time. There's not an overwhelming acceptance of climate change as a real problem that needs addressing inside the Republican electorate. But for the most part, I think the polls show that more than 60% of Americans want the Congress to do something on climate change, and that's really what we're seeing happen here today. This has been a big issue for many Americans for decades, and now for the first time, Congress is moving forward. And as you know, notably without a single Republican vote here. So the Republicans have really staked out ground here. It does hurt them with some of their younger voters. There's a real movement among young conservatives to do something to address what they see as a real problem. 
that's acceptance of climate change and the need to do something is is much more baked in among younger voters than it is among older voters. And the Republican voters do tend to skew older. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.